What is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. This is the one and only show where we go back in time and we review a movie as if we had seen it for the very first time. And, yep, we are just continuing right along with our series of uh, horror movies just in honor of the month of Halloween. And, yeah, we are uh, just continuing right, moving right along. Um, we are talking about 1960s Psycho. Uh, very excited to talk about this one. This is one of my favorite films of all time, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, I do want to let you guys know that there is a brand new episode of the Web Slingers podcast up on the podcast feed right now. Uh, we talk about we talk about a lot of interesting stuff, but one of the things we do talk about are uh, the Spider-Man uh, rumors that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be joining Spider-Man 3. That's what we talk about. It's one of the main topics we talk about on that show. And we just answer your guys' uh, questions for the most part. Um, And, yeah, we are going to... Uh, we're, we're just going to get right into the... Oh, and I should let you guys know, there's going to be a brand new episode of the Zixito Show coming out this weekend. Uh, make sure you guys uh, go ahead and uh, check that out uh, when it drops. So, with all that out of the way, let's get into uh, what we what we want to talk about, shall we? Uh, so let's talk about uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Psycho, it was released uh, on September 8th of 1960. Uh, it was directed and produced uh, by Alfred Hitchcock, written by Joseph uh, was that Stefar, Stefaro? I think. Let me zoom that in because apparently I can't read. Uh, Steph. Steph. Stefano, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and it is based on the book Psycho by Robert Bloch. And it stars Anthony Perkins, uh, Vera, Mile, uh, Vera Miles, uh, John Gavin, Martin uh, Blassam, okay. Uh, Blassam, Blossom, okay. Uh, John Mc. Wow, these people have really <laughs> names that I can barely read. Um, and, of course, uh, Bernard Herrmann does the music uh, for this film. Now, uh, I'm going to start this like we normally do with our uh, memories. The last couple ones I haven't really done memories for. Um, as far as my memories for this movie... Uh, my memories of this movie, I obviously go all the way back to when I first went to Universal Studios, and we went on the the 
the studio tour and they have an entire section dedicated to psycho where an actor dressed as norman bates is putting uh someone in the in the trunk of the car and then he walks up to the studio tram and like takes his knife out um it's it was a really it's a, a nice little section of the of the tour that they do um and 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 i and i and I had I remember I'd always heard of it, I never knew what the twist was, because um, I know a lot of people when they think about this movie they think of the twist, which I will get into. So if you haven't seen Psycho, I highly recommend you stop listening to this review immediately, and you go and watch the movie, because I'm gonna ruin everything. Um, but uh, um. But then I remember the very first time I watched it. I'll never forget it. I was about seventeen. I was seventeen, and uh, I I watched it, and I was just so blown away. I kind there was a lot of moments where I was so terrified of it. <laughs> um, it scared the living crap out of me when I first watched it. Um, but it was um. It, I still thought it was amazing watching it that first time and then uh, watching it over and over again since then. It was just, it's just always been, it's become one, it became one of my favorite movies uh, the more I watched it. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite movies that has come out, I guess, pre-1970s, you know, um, because I don't really, I, I don't know, I just don't, I don't watch a lot of movies from that decade, and maybe I should, um, but this is, honestly, I will say, one of my favorite movies that has come out of pre, the pre-1970s era of, uh, of film, and, uh, yeah, those are my, those are my memories of the film, and what do I, what do I think of the movie? Um, this movie's bad, guys. Uh, no, obviously, you guys, I, I already gave it away. I love this movie. Um, I think this movie is so incredibly, still to this day, I think it's in, so incredibly creepy. Like, I don't, it's, it's, it's weird that a horror movie that came out in the 1960s still to this day is scary it, it's just it's weird because a lot of horror movies um especially ones that came out in like the 80s and 90s um don't really they don't really hold up that well um there are rare exceptions you know like nightmare on elm street um the original halloween texas chainsaw massacre um and alfred hitchcock psycho are one of those films that just it holds up so incredibly well um and i just i i don't know i just love love how still how scary this movie actually is and how so suspenseful it is um obviously it was directed by alfred hitchcock who was known as uh kind of like the the master of suspense you know um and just like and you know you hear about all the the per, and you know if if you go back and do your hit your your homework you just go back and hear about all of the the uh, all of the 
production uh, things that went on during the uh, during this uh, this movie, and it was act- it's it's all really fascinating stuff. But one of the things that really kind of um, uh, stood out to me, as far as the the movie's release goes, is that when the movie was released. Um, there was a, there was this whole thing where they had the, you know, they had this, um, this little post, the, first of all, the trailer wasn't even a trailer of the movie, it was basically a trailer, if you go back and do, and, and watch it, I think you can find it on YouTube, but you go back and watch that, watch this trailer, it's basically just Alfred Hitchcock walking around the sets of where they shot the, the film, um, and uh and they didn't really show a lot of um um they didn't really show a lot a lot of the movie they just they it was so incredibly held secret um it kind of reminds me of what the Russo brothers would eventually do what Marvel Studios and the Russo brothers would eventually do with the um uh uh, Avengers, the last two Avengers movies, with keeping them so incredibly secret and actually not really revealing too much in the trailers. You know, in all the marketing leading up to the movie, they never really revealed um, big major details, and that was like really, really like cool. And I think this is an example of um, a filmmaker being so incredibly like um, uh, protective of people experiencing his movie and people experiencing it the right way going into it um not knowing anything about it and you just go in and you experience it for the first time and you just and you're just blown away by it you know um it was so incredibly like crazy because (laughs) um you know they had the um they had this uh little rule that if you you were not allowed to go inside the movie. Um, you had to be like on time, or else you weren't allowed in. Like that, it it's just it's crazy to me. It's just it, it, when but when you hear things like that, it's like that's how protective they were of spoilers, and it's just it's I don't know. It just I wish more I wish more movies. I wish more movies did that, you know, where you don't really get a lot in the trailers and in the marketing and you just go in and you just have an experience, you know. I wish more movies and sometimes certain TV shows, uh, I wish they would do that more, you know. Um, I think that's maybe why TV shows work so well is because they, um, is that they don't, they don't give a lot away in their trailers, mainly because certain some of them um, are kind of uh, uh, some of them just start show the the first two episodes in their trailers, um, which is very very uh, interesting to me. Um, so anyway, let's 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 go ahead and let's let's talk about the movie itself. Um, so um, I'm gonna get into my positives, and by the way. There's no negatives to this movie. This movie's amazing. <laughs> um, it's it's incredible. Um, so, first of all, I guess my positives. I it has to start with the music. Uh, Bernard Herrmann's score is, I think, one of the greatest film scores ever. 
um, not even just with the opening uh, pro uh, prelude music, the opening credits music, but just the main theme. You know that theme that plays during the uh, the the infamous the famous you know shower scene. You know the bum bum bum. It's it's just so it's it's awesome. It's just it's great. <laughs> I love it, and I, and there and there are times where I'll go back, and and that's like. That's the, you know I feel like if you're if you're gonna have like a Halloween party that's gotta be like on the on the top of your playlist like when somebody enters the room that psycho music should play immediately, um, um, but it's it's fantastic and all the way around it's it's great. Um, the acting is also uh, very very great. I'm gonna talk about Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates in a minute, but really everybody in the cast. Um, is great. Um, uh, Janet, uh, Janet Lay, uh, Lee, uh, as, uh, Marion Crane is fantastic. Uh, Vera Miles, uh, as her sister is fantastic. Uh, John Gavin's great, you know. Um, there, you know, this film is just packed with so many great performances. Um, and... I, I bought each and every single one of them. I understood what motivates them. What's I understood their characters. They weren't. It, it's not like in Candyman, where you cared about one main character and then the rest of them were just as flat as dishwater. You care about every single character in this movie, and that's what I I love. And and those are my favorite horror films. Are the ones where. Yes, they're slow burns, but it, but during that slow burn, you are constantly engaged because the characters make that movie watchable. Um, take for another instance, um, Jaws. You know, Jaws is the same way where that movie, yes, for the most part, has there's there's not a lot of the shark in there, and that's not just because the shark was broken every five minutes. That movie was very well written and had very well-developed characters that had arcs, you know, um, and, and Psycho is no exception, um, there really isn't a lot of murders, really, until the midpoint, the first murder doesn't happen until the end of the second act, (laughs) so that should tell you a lot about how, about how, uh, great the characters are when, when you're so intrigued by what's going on, and a murder hadn't even happened. You you forgot this was a this was a slasher film until like halfway through where you realize, oh wow, that's the movie we're watching. Okay. <laughs> um the cinematography is also great. I always think about one of my favorite shots in the movie. It's actually this one shot where uh uh Marion, who you assume is the main character, uh Marion, she's driving her car and she's leaving and it's just this close up as the voiceovers are happening. It's just this extreme close up and it's just it and I just like it lets you as an audience member sink in as to what she's thinking at that moment. You know, what is she really thinking at that moment? Not just with the voiceover, but really like what deep down what is she thinking? you know, um, as she's driving away and running away from her problems, like, that just, it's, it's, uh, uh, this movie's so great, (laughs) um, I also gotta say, I love the, um, the setting, 
um, not just the Bates Motel, but then but the house as well. I think it's very suspenseful. I think, um, uh, I think it's the perfect setting for a slasher a slasher movie. Um, it's not. It it this definitely would not be a perfect setting for dinosaurs. Um, sh- shot at Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Anyway, um. It, it it's definitely the perfect location for a slasher film. Um, it just, I love how it kind of gives off, like when you first enter, it kind of gives off a creepy vibe. But you don't really, like, here's here's the great thing, is that you don't get a creepy vibe from Norman Bates. You really, the, the first sign that is to go, oh, this is a little creepy, is when you uh, drive into the, the, the Bates Motel uh uh, the when you drive into the Bates Motel, that's where you can look at it and go, this place is a little creepy. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Norman Bates, I, I got to talk about uh, Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. Uh, he is so great in this movie. He's probably my favorite part of this entire movie. Um, um, I like it how he comes off as being... Like, not a normal person, but more of a person who's just, um... You can tell that something is damaged inside of him. You know, by the way he speaks, how much he stutters. You can just see, just in every single scene he's in, how damaged this character really is. You know, and I like and I like moments like that where you can really... You can, you can know how bad a character's feeling when just by the way they... Uh, there, but just by the way they they talk or the way they um, kind of present themselves to other people. I don't know. I just love the way kind of Anthony Perkins portrays him, and I like the way the character is written. Um, I like it how again he doesn't give off those uh, creepy vibes really until after him and Marion have that conversation about um, you know when he like when he when she talks about putting her in a home or putting her in a, in a, in a institution, he gets all defensive. You know, I, I like, I, I love that stuff. That is when he starts, that's when you start to notice this, uh, that this is starting to get a little, something's not right here. <laughs> and it's just all by, it's not, it's just by not, just the music and the dialogue and the way the dialogue is written, you know? Um, Whereas most slasher movies would just get to the kills, you know, halfway through the halfway, th- like let's say if a if any other slasher movie had uh, Psycho's runtime, uh, we'd be on like the fourth kill already, you know. Whereas Psycho, we're the, it, you're it's taking your time. They're taking they're trying to give you just enough information, you know, because not only. You know, I go back, I, I, you know, going back to Avengers Endgame, I go back to what the writers of Avengers Endgame say about their screenplays, about the way they write their screenplays. You know, scenes need to do more than one thing. Um, that scene between Norman and Marion is setting up the, 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 quote, relationship between Norman and his mother, but it's also kind of setting up the, um, uh, the, the, um, kind of it's also uh setting up this idea that uh, the 
it's also kind of setting up the twist, which, you know, I'm again, I won't get into until we get into that to that part of the, the, the review. Um, but I got to talk about the scene. You know, it's the scene where, you know, Mirian is brutally murdered in the most brutal way. Um, of course, that's, that's I'm referring to the shower scene. Um, this was obviously a very, uh, this was a very controversial scene. Uh, it's, you know, it was one of those scenes that a lot of people back then just were kind of like, eh. But, you know, that's what I love about, you know, Hitchcock as a filmmaker is that he, he didn't, he didn't really he didn't really care, you know, he just, he, if it was important to the story he was telling, then it was important to the story that he was telling, um, and this is incredibly important, because not only are you getting the first kill, but this completely switches directions, um, having you care about Miriam all the way to this point, this is a, this, I would say, in screenwriting terms, this is like about the midpoint of the movie because it completely switches directions for where the movie's going because you think you're following one main character and then after this point where she dies, you're following a completely different character, which obviously is related, you know, that's the sister, but you're fo- you're still following a completely different character, you know, and... That's why, that's kind of why I would say that this scene is really critical and why I can't imagine this scene not being in the movie just because it, it is important to where the story goes after, after that scene. Um, because then it leads to, uh, the death of the private investigator who goes in to, uh, talk to Norman Bates' mother and guess what? The, the mother comes out and slices his face um, and there's that awesome death with him falling off the stairs. A lot of people think that's a little dated. And I can see people's complaints about that. But it's such a well-handled death that I just didn't care. You know, you just you just don't care. That's the, that's the thing. You know, you can you can say, eh, the, the, this is a little dated. This is old. This, you know, it's not as good as some of the movies we have now. Well, duh. <laughs> duh. It's not, of course it's not going to be on the level of the movies we produce now, because the movies we produce now are just so, are, they put so much money into making them look so glossy, you know, this movie had a small, small budget, the budget for this movie was 50 million dollars, now, back then, that, that was probably a huge, um, but, you know, think about it, Alfred Hitchcock, he agreed to earn his money through the box office. Like, a lot of people did not have faith in this movie. And then it came out and made so much money that all of a sudden everyone was like, oh, we we knew all along that this was going to be something great. It kind of reminds me of what George Lucas went through with with Star Wars. When he pitched Star Wars to the studios, nobody had faith in it. And then Fox comes along, agrees to make it, but they are also like, well, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you the, we'll we'll let you have the merchandise money. Okay, we'll see how successful this movie is. Ha ha, George, ha ha. 
and then Star Wars comes out. It's a huge success, and now Fox was probably kicking themselves in the, f- kicking themselves in the face, just going, "Man, we probably should have taken some of that. We probably should have taken our cut of the of the movie." <laughs> you know, that's kind of what this feel. That's kind of the same situation here. You know, is that a lot of studios uh, did not think this movie would be as successful as it was, um, and it made a really good amount of money it made it made 806 million dollars now i don't know what that is adjusted for i i don't know if that's adjusted for inflation but um honestly i don't really look for that if it says 100 806 uh wait that might be thousand yeah 806 thousand my bad my bad oh my bad i i got the math wrong um but actually, you know what? I I just realized I'm looking at Wikipedia. I need to actually look at this. <laughs> I need to actually look at this because because I you know when you when it's you gotta remember it's Wikipedia. Um, Okay, so it was around fifty million. the The box office came back. It was fifty million. Oh, okay, the budget was hit. Okay, wow. Okay, well, the the budget for this movie was actually eight was actually eight hundred and six thousand dollars. My bad. Whoops. Here's me giving the wrong information. Oh, this is a bad show. Anyway. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, but the way the violence is handled, I would say is, um, is one of my other positives because there's not a reliance on, oh yeah, let's show you the blood, 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 blood. It's more of the insinuation of what's going on. Um, and that's what I, that's what I really, you know, love about, uh, the violence in this movie is that. You you it just kind of makes you fill in the blanks as an audience member, you know. Oh, he must have been really brutally murdered, you know. Um. So now I guess I can talk about the twist. So the twist, uh, of course, there's this great scene with the psychiatrist, um, and he comes in and basically, um, you know, it's one big exposition dump, but it's basically. Uh, them revealing that um, Norman Bates has kind of like a split personality, um, with uh, where his mother is the other personality. Um, amazing, amazing. Uh, I, I will say this: when I first saw the movie, I did not see it coming. Didn't see it coming. Um, I knew there was something up with the mother, but I, I just like I didn't. No, me personally, I just didn't know that they were going to pull it off uh, that way. Um, and obviously, I love the final shot and in that, that whole speech that the mother gives uh, where it ends with, you know, he wouldn't hurt a fly. And it's that final shot of like Norman Bates smiling as it fades and then you just see the, the, the car. Uh, Miriam's car uh, that was being pushed into the 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 
the lake earlier, it's being pulled up um, uh, by a, a tow truck. Uh, and it's just a great ending. Like, not even just a great ending to this to this slasher movie. It's just a great ending to the It's just a perfect... It's just one of the greatest endings to any movie, in my opinion. Um, and... I will say this, it is an ending that I look up on you, I always look up this final scene with everything with the psychiatrist and then with Norman Bates at the end, I watch, I always go on YouTube and look up that ending because it to me is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. Um, so this movie obviously was a huge, huge success, um, uh, and, uh, it led to some, uh, it, it actually, uh, was so successful, it was nominated, uh, for, a f for actually, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, Academy Awards, uh, obviously Best Director for, uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and then, uh, Janet Lee was nominated for, uh, Best Supporting, uh, Best Supporting Actress, it just it surprises me that Anthony Perkins was not nominated for best actor like that that just that surprises me um uh and then obviously it led to uh getting a couple of sequels um but it also was the inspiration for films like uh for uh you know uh the 1978 John Carpenter Halloween, which is the next film we're going to talk about, um, it inspired films like that, and really all slasher movies that have come out, or you know, when you go back and hear the directors talk about them, you they will basically say that their that their inspiration for that was Psycho, um, because it was it set the precedence for how you could do a slasher film and how you can do it right. Um, it eventually led to two sequel uh, to three sequels. Um, uh, it says, uh, so there was three sequels produced after Hitchcock died, uh, Psycho 2 in 1983, uh, Psycho 3 in 1986, and Psycho 4, The Beginning, uh, which is, uh, basically, a, a, a prequel, uh, a television movie. Um, and then, let's see, uh... Oh, and then in 1998, we got the uh, infamous uh, Gus Van Sant's shot-for-shot uh, -shot version of uh, Psycho with uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Julianne Moore, and um, it, it wasn't that, none of them were as successful as the first one. In fact, the shot-for-shot -shot remake you know, is very well known as one of the worst remakes to be made just because there's nothing original about it. It is literally a shot-for-shot -shot remake. And it's worse in every way. You know, it's a lot of people compare it to the 2019 Lion King film where is there's nothing original about it that it's just a shot-for-shot -shot remake. And, you know, I have seen it, and it's definitely not good. Um, I think the movie had potential to be great, but it just wasn't that great. Uh, it actually, 
pretty, pretty terrible. So, um, but let me get into my overall thoughts and then a score out of 10. Um, so, yep, um, as you guys can tell, I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. I think, um, I think every part about this, uh, movie is just, it's, it's the pinnacle of, of horror. Like, I, I don't think I've seen any other horror film top what this movie is able to do as far as true suspense. Um, and when you go back and, uh, when you go back and, uh, hear people, when you go back and hear people talking about it, you, they, they will all say how it is one of their favorite films of all time, and it's one of the perfect films to watch if you're interested in, you know, directing and, um, just watch how this film was directed, look at every single detail, you know, analyze the, the hell out of it, you know, um, and I think it is a fantastic film, uh, it's one of my favorites of all time, and, uh, I'm gonna give Psycho a 10 out of 10, so that will do it for this review, uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, make sure you guys join us next week when we talk about... Let me bring up the next movie here. Because I'm pretty sure the next movie... I'm pretty sure the next movie has something to do with the holiday that we're celebrating in a couple... In just in a week. What what could it be? I'm pretty sure that the name of the holiday is in the title. Has something to do with a guy named Michael. He's chasing a, a he's chasing somebody around named Lori. Oh, I wonder what movie could it be? You guys are probably screaming at your phones. Zeke, it's Halloween. Um, I I am fully aware. Yes, it is indeed Halloween. We are going. That is. The next review, and it is this. It is going to be the season finale. So we are almost done with this season of Throwback Thursday. Um, we're almost done, and we and I uh, cannot wait to talk about the original Halloween because that's uh, another one of my favorite horror films. So that will do it for this review, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.